Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look out, it's only films to be parted with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a chip pan fryer, and I love film. As Rockwell Kent once said, in quietness, the soul expands. And yet when we screen silent movies, we whack music over every single second of it. It boggles the mind. That's a fucking fair point there, Rockwell Kent. Nice one. Every week I invite a special guest over. I tell them they've died. Then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Barry Jenkins, Bobcat Goldthwaite, Kevin Smith, and even Cred Blambles. But this week, it's the brilliant comedian and podcaster, Mr. Jimmy Pardo. Huge announcement coming up. I will be doing a massive live Films to be Buried with. Films to be Buried with absolutely live at the South Bank Centre on Saturday, the 12th of February. Come along, bring a date. It's nearly Valentine's. It's going to be a fucking smasher. Tickets are available at southbankcentre.co.uk and plosive.co.uk. That's Films to be Buried with live at the South Bank Centre, Saturday, 12th of February. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you get an extra 20 minutes of chat with Jimmy. We go deep. We talk about beginnings and endings. He tells me a secret. The whole episode is also available uncut as a video. Check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. Final bit of admin, Ted Lasso, seasons one and two are available now on Apple TV+. Plus. You can watch the whole show in one go. And Super Bob is now available on Amazon Prime in the US, the UK, and other places. Get amongst them. Right, enough with the admin, let's do the show. So, Jimmy Pardo. Jimmy Pardo is a comedian who is also known as being one of the first podcasters ever. He's a true pioneer in the game. His podcast is never not funny. It's still going massively strong. He also happens to be producer of this show, Buddy Pieces, Favourite Man. So Buddy lost his shit when we managed to book Jimmy. We recorded this on Zoom. He was a true delight and I think you're going to love it. So that is it for now. I hope you're well. And I very much hope you enjoy episode 177 of Films to be Buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today by an actor, a writer, a producer, a podcaster, a comedian, a chat show guy a competition guy a hero a legend and for the record buddy peace the producer of this show his favorite comedian 
He has never been more excited about me having a guest on in my life. Please welcome to the show. It's the brilliant, it's Mr. Jimmy Pardo. Oh, hello. Um, thank you for that. That was very kind. I, I, should, I should point out, uh, just because I may be reaching some folks that don't know me, uh, mm-hmm. my acting resume is very, very small, and my writing is even smaller. So uh, You have very neat handwriting, and that is why. But, oh, but I, thank you. I, thank you for complimenting <laughs> me on that. that I, uh, I worked very hard According on it. According to you, you're in Dreamgirls. You're in the film no, Dreamgirls. Here's the truth. Please, I, tell the truth. I, I was cast in Dreamgirls. Okay. I went to the set. I was uh, I was on hold for two weeks, and mm. so they paid me for two weeks. And you I went in every day for two weeks, or you were just waiting I, for two weeks. I just was waiting, but they paid me for okay. two weeks, Love and um, I had to cancel some road gigs as a comic. Uh, so, which was fine. I'm getting paid. I'm sitting home, mm-hmm. and I I literally was like two miles from the studio uh, from the stage, and. I was cast to play the owner of the oh uh, the Crystal Ballroom. The Crystal Ballroom is proud to present the dreams. That was my line. Very good, very lovely delivery. And uh, I rehearsed that line one million times. And uh, so my call time was at four a.m. Yeah. And I get there at four a.m. And they said, "Hey, you're first up. Let's get you into makeup." They rush me into makeup. Uh, I get into wardrobe. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. It's freezing outside. You know, it's uh, now it's now it's 445 in the morning. And they say, uh, hey, it turns out the lighting guy set the wrong things up. Uh, we're going to do this other scene first and then we'll get to you. I'm like, OK, great. They go, shouldn't be more than an hour or so. All right, great, fine. Uh, it turns out they shot the big, huge, dan- like some big, crazy uh, dance number. You know, Beyonce and, and Jennifer Hudson and uh, Rose. I forget. I can't think of it. I'm panicked. And. <laughs> It went on, Brett, I'm not kidding. It went on until 10 o'clock at night. And I was, so I'm there all day long. And, and, and I kept on saying, guys, I'm only two miles away. Let me go home. Let me, let me just go home. You call me, say, get over here. I'll, I'll literally be here. And they're like, ah, we can't do that. We can't do that. So at about 10 o'clock at night, they say, hey, we're finally ready for you. By the way, they think they did it just in the middle of a break. They took, Beyonce said, I need a break. They said, all right, you know what? Let's shoot this guy while she's on this break. Yeah. They bring me in. I do. I'm not kidding. I do two takes. They go. Thank you very much. So I literally was. I, they used me for no, like, three minutes. Three minutes. Oh my God. And then I found out the day before the premiere they cut my scene. So I'm not in it. But they still. I still get credit. I still get residuals. I still get. Oh really? You get residuals? That's I get residuals, great. which were great for a while, and now of course they're pennies. How? I, I have talked about this before, but I'm, I say this seriously. This is not a joke. I think it is incredibly hard to have one line. I think it is much harder to have one line than it is to have three big scenes because you got so much pressure on that one fucking yes. line. You got your fucking panicking. You also, the likelihood is if you've got one line, there's other people having lines around you. So you just really need to nail that one line and not make a thing of it. But all you're doing is thinking about your one fucking line. One line is is people should get Oscars for delivering one line well because it is much harder. I I want again I uh, to your point I was panicked about it uh, and by the way yeah. we only did two takes because the first one I kind of stumbled over the one of the words because the adrenaline got me yeah. and you know after being there for fourteen yeah. hours doing nothing the adrenaline got me to saying that line a million times yeah and so it's like it was time and you know uh, 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 Bill Condon the director points and says you know he didn't say action he just pointed. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, and then, dreams. Like, I just, and then he goes, 
let's do it again. He goes, I love the energy, but let's get the words right. But like, yeah, of course. Great. Uh, and then I did it one more time and got out, but it was, uh, you would think, I mean, I, I, it, to your point in the, in the intro, I'm a, I'm a, to use your word, a presenter. I've, I've hosted many a, a game show, many a talk show. And this was just being an MC at a, at a, at a nightclub. And yeah. even that was like, Oh, I better get this right. So it, it's stressful. Nightmare. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Well, Listen, you got your residuals. I did. And I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, that. That's so hard. Yeah, oh God, I think it's a nightmare. One-liners. Good luck to you. Good luck to all the one-liners out there. I have nothing but love and respect because that is hard. It's rough. It's really rough. Hard. Now, Jimmy Pardo, yes. as I mentioned in the intro, uh, my, the producer of this show, who has always been very good to me, I would say from day one, he said... When can we get Jimmy Pardo on? He's so obsessed with you. He's obsessed. You and I was thinking about it. If unless I'm wrong, you tell me. You're like a pioneer in podcasting, right? You were one of the one of the outliers. Yeah. You started it, right? When you well, invented I, I, you invented the podcast. Just I say invented it. You podcasting invented. and the internet. Um, okay, congrats. Two thousand six, we started our podcast, and it was wow. Um, the truth for the first year, maybe two years. It was me, Ricky Gervais, and The Onion, mm. and we would wow. rotate the number one spot on Apple. And so, wow. we, like, that's how early in I was. And now, I don't even know if I'm on the chart because all these famous people have started podcasts and, you know, try to compete with Joe Rogan and his nonsense. Um, wow. But it, uh, yeah, I've been doing it that long. Where it was literally me and Gervais, and uh, we had Stephen Merchant wow. on my show once, and we talked about those days where it was mm. literally, it was podcasting was the Wild West, and. Um, now, you know, people sign contracts and stuff to do them, and it's, it's bananas. Yeah. And, and do you do it every week? Have you done it every week since then? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, you know, we take, obviously, uh, some holidays yeah. off. And, uh, you know, when my son was born, we took, a, you know, took some time off. But, yeah, we do, uh, we do two shows a week. And uh, during the week. pandemic, we did three shows a week. No way. Yeah. Do you think uh, you would go mad without it? Uh, now I would, yeah. You know, it's... Uh, you know, I started, I was, I was a guy in between gigs, you know, I had, I was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you know, probably waiting for some pilot or something to be picked up or whatever. And this, this guy, Matt Belknap, who is now my co-host for 15 years, he was just a fan of mine. Wow. And he came to me and said, uh, Hey, you know, I, I was doing a live talk show at the UCB theater and he came mm-hmm. and, and he, and he came to me, he's like, Hey, what, what, what if we turn that talk show into a podcast? And I was like, I, I don't know what that means. I, I know Ricky Gervais's <laughs> show, but I don't really know what that means. Yeah. And uh, he's like, "We'll just re- we'll just record it. We'll just." Uh, so we sat down at my dining room table, yeah. and we started it. And and then it still was weird. Like I felt like I was doing cable access television. Like who what, am I pretending to do radio? What am I doing? Yeah. And then uh, it exploded, and here we are. So uh, I'm grateful. Incredible. I'm. I mean, I. I, I'm very, very lucky. I have a fan base and I, and I can't be more grateful. It must be, uh, I, I would imagine, particularly when you've been going for so long and so regularly, your fans must be, you've been in their heads yep. twice a week for years. Like that is so kind of intimate. I, I imagine everyone it's, thinks you're their dad or their brother or their, you know. It is. I jokingly say that I'm their hero. And um, right, right, yeah, that way, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. It, um, but yeah. But it is weird to your point. Like I was, in fact, I was just talking about this with my wife today about how our audience has kind of grown with us in that, like, they're moving along with us. So they've been, a lot of these people have been with us for 15 years. Wow. Yeah. That's so wild. And, and, and do you, have you had experiences where people like, 
will say something to you about your wife and you'll be like, what? Oh, yeah, no, I must have talked about that. 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, but by the way, they could do that that day and I won't remember what they were talking about. <laughs> they'll, make, they'll call back to something that, that they just heard. I'm like, I don't know. They go, you just said it. I'm like, all right, I don't I say a lot of things. <laughs> I've got to keep talking. That's yeah. amazing, man. And the, all your guests you have, you just like, uh, I think, if I may, for me, People keep saying, why, why do you still do the podcast? And I go, well, actually, it's sort of a privilege to have a long conversation with anyone because you don't really in life. You know right. what I mean? Like the sort of conversations you have on a podcast, one-to-one, you don't have. They don't really happen. It always feels pretty special to have. I'm oh. always very grateful. I go, you gave me an hour of your life. You know what I mean? Like it's not yeah, fucking nothing. Be- I, I'm the other way where they're lucky to be spending an hour with me. That's how I feel when they come and do my show. Uh, yeah. um, you know, I, you know, you know, my show is a little more of hanging out in the green room of a comedy club. Right, and right. Uh, so it's, you know, we don't get deep, uh, which is what I love about your show, by the way. I love uh, th- that you uh, truly take an interest in your guests. Not that I don't, but it's like you're asking real questions as opposed to <laughs> me just trying to set people up for a joke or whatever. Um <laughs> But I do enjoy, you know, I enjoy it. And, you know, yeah. we started by just booking dudes I thought were funny, just fr- funny friends. Yeah. And then as it got more popular, you know, obviously, then you expand to your, you know, uh, John Hams and Conan O'Briens and, mm. you know, some musicians will come on from, uh, you know, Sticks or Ario Speedwagon or Chicago. And it's been cool. I've been, you know, I've had my, my hero is Richard Lewis. And so I oh, had wow. him on one week. I had Paul Reiser on, who was another one of my heroes wow. when I started comedy. And how'd it go with Richard Lewis? How was he? Oh, it, it was everything you wanted it to be. You know, it was yeah. like he, you know, he shit all over me uh, in that Richard <laughs> Lewis neurotic yeah. way. And we now text each other every now and then, which, you know, me as a young open mic yeah. thinking I would be texting with Richard Lewis. Are you kidding me? You know, yeah. it's uh, so so it's brought that kind of joy to me. Um, and uh, again, I'm uh, very lucky to have it. Very, very grateful. Jimmy Pardo. Yes. Oh, shit. I've forgotten to tell you something. Oh fuck! Ah mm. oh, shit, Jimmy. Yes. Oh no, I should have. I should have told you. Maybe Buddy should have told you when he emailed you. I. I should have. Ah, oh, I feel like an idiot. I should have gone on. No, I should have. I should have said it. I'll just say it. I don't know how you're going to take it. I'll just say it. Uh, you, well, okay. So, you, here we go. You've died. You're dead. Dead. And dead. You're the one they sent to give this news to me. Yeah, and I forgot. <laughs> I got distracted by you got cool stories and stuff. I was like, oh, what are and then I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Um, so yeah. sorry. I, I guess I'm curious as to why you, why, why guy that I met mm-hmm. very recently, why, why not a family member? Because we're all family members who listen mm. to your podcast. Good save. And I'm just a fellow <laughs> listener here to. <laughs> Announce your death. Uh, all right. Why did you? How did you die? I have. Uh, it, it was. Um, I forget the. There's a, a phrase for this that. Uh, uh, when, I guess I manifested it. Is what happened. Now that I know I'm dead, uh, mm-hmm. I had a great fear when I was on the planet Earth uh, that it? I would be framed for a crime and go to prison. That is. That was it truly was my greatest yeah. fear in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, because I will never, I'm such a straight laced dude. I will, I, 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 I never did anything wrong. And, um, I'm trying to stay in the tense of that. I'm dead. I'm talking about the past. Yeah. Um, and you. so I then went to prison. I, I, it eventually happened. I was framed and went to prison and I got shivved in the yard. Is that a, 
American for bum? Uh, stabbed. I got stabbed. Oh, stabbed in outside. And uh, uh, Shiv is not a British thing. No, she, she, I understood what Shiv is. I thought in the yard meant like in the in oh, the back. Up the ass. <laughs> no, I got shivved no. in the yard. <laughs> no, uh, no, but it will be now. Don't think I'm not going to call my my ass in the yard from here on out. Uh, hey, that's, that's hey, I good... went out back. I got shivved in the yard. I got you. Yeah. Okay. So you were be, shivved. Oh, Jesus Christ! I got so drunk I fell in my yard. Um, yeah. uh, yard is like a uh, in prison. It's where they go it's outside. The, of... It's the garden. You got shifted yeah. the garden. You guys use garden. I forgot. Yes. <laughs> okay. You got... Sh- right. Two questions. Firstly, what yep. were you framed for? What was the um, crime? I was... Um, well, I appreciate you asking. Uh, I was framed for stealing some art. Wow. Um, I'm not a big art guy. I don't know why. No. they. And I, I, I said in court, I, I, this isn't yeah. me. You guys are framing the wrong guy. You said, I couldn't I couldn't name a Picasso. And they went, that's one, that's an artist. And you went, uh, And then I get, <laughs> they're like, oh, shit. They, they've seen my hand. And I was like, well, anybody could do that. You know, I, I, it's not like I mentioned Van Gogh. Damn it, I did it again. <laughs> um it uh it, it they I got framed for that some uh, mm. some local businessman set me up mm. and uh who is the local businessman I got put away for 10 years and then I ten. lasted 6 yeah 10 years 6 years in shivved in the bum outside in the garden but why yes. who shivved you and why I believe it was a it was it was an order from the outside I believe the guy that actually stole the art wanted to silence me and right. um and then said, you know, we got to take, we got to take care of Pardo. Wait, wait, wait yeah. till his pants are down in the garden and then shove a knife right up, right up his yard. Because <laughs> you spent those last six years just wandering around the prison going, this local businessman. And everyone's yeah. going, yeah, this local businessman, he sounds like trouble. Yeah, and that's exactly he, right. And they knew who I was talking about. They, they'd all, they'd all yeah. run and come across this local businessman. There was only one local business. Thank you for understanding. It, um, uh, by the way, I don't know. Uh, Ten years does seem like a way too long of a, of a sentence for what I did. But I think you stole a Picasso, right? And I hear he's quite popular. He is a popular artist from what, since I've learned. I've, I've read about him yeah. a lot in the prison library. I read a lot about the uh, art that yeah. I was, uh, claimed to have stolen. Um, but uh, it still seems like a long time, 10 years. It does, it does to me, but I also am not an art guy. I couldn't name a Monet. Damn it! If I, if I, showed, you, if I showed you art... Could you name them? Because I could not. No, I could. I could name. I can't can't pronounce it, but I could name a Van Gogh. Uh, is that Starry Night? If I saw Starry Starry Night, I'd yes. go. I think that's Starry Starry Night from the song. Uh, and that, by the way, that would be the only way I'd know it too is from the song. <laughs> yeah. no, no question about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you worry about death, Jimmy Pardo? You know, I, I here's the truth. I never did until my son was born. When mm-hmm. uh, I, I used to say I want to live to be eighty, and then I'm good. I'm done. I, I, you know, what happens after eighty? And so take me at eighty. I'm fine. And the second my son was born, it's like, no, I want to be two hundred years old. I want to see him uh, live life and do everything. And you know, mm-hmm. I want to see my grand. I want to see my grandkids. And so I worry about it maybe every second I'm awake. Right, yeah, that makes that makes more sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how old is your son now, may I ask? He is fourteen, wow. and uh, he is a uh, a huge fan of yours. He uh, he loves the program. Oh, hello to hello to him. Yeah, he is a uh, he, uh, he uh, very much loves the program. 
Well, that's very kind and, and, and say thank you to him for coming into the world and making you think about death every second of your waking I, life. Um, he, uh, he's also very funny, by the way. My son, <laughs> my son will be a comedian. There's no question uh, in my mind. I'm so uh, sorry. I, dude, I'm trying to talk him into anything else. <laughs> anything else. Please, I'm begging you. Because he's, he's on, also man. smart. You're going to make me I, look bad. You're going to make me look bad. You're, you become a comedian. People assume I'm a bad dad. Come on. It's it, right. Exactly. He's going to talk about me behind my, uh, on stage. And it's yeah. going to be, uh, that said, I think he's going to be good. So he'll, he'll be able mm. to carry me when I'm uh, 83 years old. Would you ever, like, in your fantasy life, like, do gigs together? Father-son gigs? Would you like that idea or would you hate I it? I don't see us being the Trumps. Um, I don't, uh, I don't see that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Could he open that, for you? Could he open for you? That's, it seems very vaudeville, right? And I love it. I'm all in. I, I did try to, I did try, you know, his school wanted me to, uh, and I did it. They, they wanted me, uh, I hosted the, the, the talent show for their middle school, the, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, uh, anybody could have done it, but I did it. And, and I tried to convince my son to co-host it with me. And his response was, Dad, I don't want to overshadow the other kids. So uh, he was very thoughtful in that he, he felt going up there all night long would be unfair to the kids that only had three minutes. So uh, I was just checking. He, he doesn't call you the other kids. He didn't no, 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 he does not. He wasn't. He was certainly not worried about uh, uh, overshadowing me. Yeah, I would love if that was my nickname. What, um, uh, what do you think happens when you die? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, my mom passed away. Boy, we're going on four years now, uh, 2017, mm, New Year's sorry. Eve. And, um, oh, wow. I'm sorry. Just today, a song came on. I was, I was taking a walk and a song came on the iPod. And it reminded me of my mom. And I literally out loud to, to nobody, just walking by myself was just, I, and I, I, I said, thank you. Thank you for my great childhood. Thank you for things you did. I don't think I told you enough while you were with us. Mm. And so- do I think she can hear that? I don't really. I don't know. But what if she can? Well, you know, what yeah. if what if what we see in movies or here is is real and she was able to hear that and 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 it worked. At the same time, I probably just look like a nut walking down the street talking to myself. So I, I don't know, Brett. I don't know. Listen, I really like that. I'm, and I think about that stuff a lot. The fact that you were like compelled to say that to me, I go, well, that's there's a bit of magic there. Like you're not insane. I don't think so for you to say that you're not saying it for a laugh you know what I mean like right there's something right. that's brought that out of you I don't know I like it and just to build on what you said and without patting myself on the back yeah, uh, yeah. not doing it for anybody you know what I mean not yeah, I, yeah, I, it, yeah. it wasn't performative it was like just I felt mm-hmm. the need uh to say it and and you know it felt it felt good it, it felt like yeah I don't know I don't know felt like I connected with her for just that couple of minutes i really really like that thanks uh well jimmy pardo yes there's a heaven oh there is yeah there is actually it's great it's filled with your favorite things what's your favorite thing at the end of the well other than my wife and son i would say comedy i mean that's uh it's filled with it's wall-to-wall comedy the seats are made of old richard Pryor albums the uh the walls are made of steve martin figurines and uh, the the toilets are made out of mics, which is it sounds odd, but actually quite comfortable. Anyway, in this heaven, everyone's so excited to see you. They're huge oh. fans. And they want to talk to you about your life, but they want to talk to you about your life through film. All right. Do you like films? 
I go to the movie. I love the experience. I love, uh, even though these movies now, they release at the same time streaming, uh, now mm. that we can after the pandemic, uh, or back when I was back on Earth, there was a pandemic back in the day. Um, that sounds horrible. I, uh, oh, it was awful. We were locked down for a while. Um, I still go to, I, I, I would still go to the movies. I, I, I love it. I love the experience of going there, getting the popcorn, uh, getting the drink, sitting in my seat. I love it. What's the, I, what's the drink you get? I get a Coke Zero. I'm, a, I'm addicted to Coke Zero. Lovely. Lovely. And, uh, and the medium popcorn, which uh, is always too much, but I eat it all. And uh, I love it. Lovely. Uh, the first thing they want to know in heaven is, what's the first film you remember seeing, Jimmy Pardo? I, do, I don't know. I'm guessing this has been said a million times on your program. Uh, the first movie I remember, and this contradicts my point of going to the movies, uh, was The Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. uh, where I grew up in the well, I grew up in the south side of Chicago. And we were not rich. We were very, in fact, we were poor. And so we, we had a very small, maybe 13-inch black and white TV. Right. And the Wizard of Oz was, of course, magical and in color. So we would go across the street to our friend the Miller's house to watch the Wizard of Oz. It was a and it was a big event. It was like a big deal. The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz is on. Let's bring the kids over to watch it so we could see it in color. Oh, right. You didn't know there was a color section. Exactly. So yeah. it was, uh, you know, just magical, just un- wow. unbelievable. And uh, do I do I love the movie? I don't know if I if I love it. I, I like The Wizard of Oz, uh, mm-hmm. but as a kid, I just love the experience of you know again going over to the neighbor's house and and watching it on a bigger TV and in color and just you know hoping wow. one day to have a color television. How many of you were there, kids? How many siblings do you have? Uh, just my brother, myself, and then my mom and dad. So it would have been the four of us over there, and they were just uh, I think wow. they were four people as well. Is he your brother older, younger? He is two years younger than me. He lives in Chicago. Okay. I like that very much. Do you remember thinking, oh, so you didn't think, oh, I want to, I want to do that. I want to be, I want to be something to do with that. Or you just thought, I want to color TV. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> that was a very materialistic. Um, yeah. I think, I think if we were to ask my parents, I was probably performing. I know I certainly was like when I would watch Batman and Robin, I would go to school and do little shows before class, you know, being Batman and Robin mm-hmm. with my brother. I would force my brother to be Robin and we would do little skits for the class to, I'm going to say nobody's enjoyment. Like, I don't think anybody <laughs> wanted it to be happening. Um, uh, so I think it was, I probably was like, I want to do that one day. And, uh, That's great. And, and I love musicals. So I probably was like, I want to do th- specifically that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have the, the, the talents to, to be in musicals, but. Hey, 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 no, no negative self-talk on this show. You got the talent. Well, it's not negative. It's fact. It's, that's you a got fact. the talent, kid. The, you got it all the way. I don't have the singing ability. I don't, You're I in heaven. Your you energy. can sing. Uh, okay. what's, the, what's the film that scared you the most? Do you like being scared, Jimmy Pardo? You know what I do? And this, the, uh, uh, that question panics me because I, I, I literally freeze up because I, I love so many scary movies that I have a tough time pinpointing one and so i think at the but at the end of the day there were two there was a mini series called salem's lot i don't know if, if it was a two-night yeah. event with lance mm-hmm. Kerwin and david soul and uh back i don't know 70 late 70s and that's i remember that scaring the hell out of me but more recently was my wife and i were given a she was my girlfriend at the time we're given a vhs tape uh, and somebody said hey watch this movie you're you're never going to believe this movie and it was the blair witch project before oh, wow. 
there was any hype before there, anybody yeah. was talking about it. And we sat on my couch and it scared the, I mean, it literally, it scared the F out of me. It was like, are you shit? Is this real? What the fuck am I watching? Like it was, yeah. it's it. So, I, and then, you know, I, and then I, my mom, my mom is the one that got me into horror films. She, she loves really? horror movies. And really? I was like, I actually went back to Chicago and I said, you got to see this movie. And watching it a second time is not scary in any way, shape, or form. You know it's not real. You know it's fake. She had heard that it was not real, that it was just a movie. So she wasn't as scared. She just kind of enjoyed it. But it it scared the hell out of me. I have never heard of everyone who's ever been on this, I've never heard someone say that their mum was really into horror and got them into it. Oh, really? I like that. It's so fascinating. I don't know what to ask you about it, but I've never heard it before. I want you to tell me more. Do you know why your your mum loves horror so much? Loved? I, I don't know. I, I know that she, I remember her and my aunt uh, waiting in line three hours to see The Exorcist. Wow. And, uh, and, and it, I guess it was freezing outside. They had to wait in line. I want to say she made Peter Pants because uh, once she was able to be inside, like she got scared in Peter Pants, I think. Um <laughs> But she was always into them, and then she she took me to see Halloween, the movie Halloween. Yeah, great film. Was that seventy eight? Is that Halloween or seventy yeah. seven? So what was I? You know, probably ten or eleven. Uh, no, Jim, you know how old you are. <laughs> eleven or twelve <laughs> at that time. Uh, but maybe too soon to see that movie. So it. it mm-hmm. uh, but I still think it's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, so we would. That would be our running thing. We would see. We would see horror movies all the time. My mom and I. We would. Uh, Right. And would you like hold each other? Like, was it a phys- like, would you hold hands? Would you be scared? Or was it you were separate people just go, ah, fuck? No, it's not Harold and Maud. We, it was uh, me and my mom. <laughs> were you cuddling? Was... Were you, were you spooning? No. Come on. Uh, no, that's normal. Come on, normal stuff. Uh, I don't know. Again, I don't know what you guys do <laughs> over in, 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 uh, in the UK. That is not normal. Oh, here. In the UK, we do not make eye contact, but go on. Okay. Don't we? Fair enough. I don't know. I'm learning. Um, no, we would probably sit there and uh, I would probably uh, uh, just close up and watch the movie. And then we would talk about it. Non- my mom also loved, she loved, uh, and this is something that my son has uh, uh, adopted as well, loved to talk about the movie afterwards, like at That's length. Right. And I would be like, my mom, my mom, we would be talking about it and we'd be seven minutes in. I'm like, we've covered everything. What, how are we still talking about this? <laughs> and she would want to just keep talking about it, talking about it. My son, I guess, I, in fact, I just told him two days ago, boy, you and your grandmother you would just love going to the movies together because yeah. she, she too enjoyed over discussing the movie after we had seen it. I like your mom. That's fucking cool. What is the film that made you cry the most? Are you a crier? Oh, dude, I cry. You know, I'm that, I'm the guy that cries at commercials. I'll, I'll see a, you know, a dad giving his kid a Christmas gift and I just sob like a jackass. Um, there's there's two that come to mind. And one was a, a movie called In Country with Bruce Willis. I don't know if you saw that. It's uh, about a guy that comes home from Vietnam and yeah. it's an okay movie. It's mm-hmm. okay. and But Roger Ebert's review said, he had never he had never cried. I, I, I'm paraphrasing. Maybe he didn't say these exact words, but he's like, I wasn't. Maybe he said I wasn't prepared to cry as much as I did, but I, I or I never cried like this. So I went to the movie and prepared to sob because yeah. I, Roger Ebert told me I would, and I'm not crying at all. I'm watching the movie, going, "What the f? What's he talking about? This is it." And 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 the movie's just okay. It's it's yeah. it's good. It's not great, and I'm not crying. And then there's a scene. 
where they go to the wall in Washington, the uh, the mm-hmm. Vietnam War Memorial Wall, whatever. I, I don't know exactly what it's called. And I don't know what the hell happened, but all of a sudden it goes from, well, I'm not crying. What's your, oh, God. <laughs> and just <laughs> sobbing like I've never sobbed in a movie. Like it was wow. unbelievable how much this moved me. So much so years later, I'm at a hotel on the road as a comic and In Country comes on and it's literally three quarters of the way through it. I was like, hey, you know what? I'll watch this while I'll watch this while I'm getting ready for uh, for the show. And uh, so I'm getting dressed and I'm watching it. And then that fucking scene comes on. And all of a sudden I'm I'm pounding on the bed because I'm sobbing so much. Again. Like this scene just gets me. And now I got to wow. go do comedy and I'm drained because I just <laughs> sobbed like an idiot. Um, so that is one where I cried like crazy. And then the other one was Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. The second time I saw it, I was on a plane. I was a spokesman for a, a shopping mall in Oregon for about five years. And so we were shooting some commercials in Hawaii. And so the people from the mall are on the plane. The advertising companies on the plane were on the plane. And there was, I no longer can sit in this seat. In fact, I would panic if I did. Uh, but I was in the middle of five seats. You know how the, the bigger jets yeah, yeah. have the five seats in the, uh, across in the yeah. middle? Yeah, I was yeah. in the middle seat. And it was back when you didn't have a screen in front of you on a seat. It was the big screen. Right. And so they're showing Goodwill Hunting. And I was like, well, I don't know if this is a good idea to watch this. You cried at the movie theater. Do you really want to make a scene here? And then I was like, well, you're not going to cry. You've already seen the movie. You know what happens. And all of a sudden, the end of Goodwill Hunting comes, and I'm making—I'm not kidding—I'm making a scene on the plane. That's how much I'm crying. <laughs> I'm trying to hide. Um, I, you know, I'm putting my jacket over my head. It was. Uh, so those are the two that come to mind. That, that I, I, but I'll—I'll I'll, I'll cry at everything. I cried at Brave. I cried at everything. Oh yeah. I mean, you're—you're only human. Uh, what's the film? That people don't really like. It's not critically acclaimed, but you love it unconditionally. Uh, I am going to get hate mail for this. Go on. I've, I don't know if I... I very much enjoy Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. The Peter Frampton Bee Gees movie. Oh, okay. I haven't seen this. <laughs> Are we tell me talking? why you're going to get... <laughs> tell me why you're going to get hate mail for it. Because uh, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. <laughs> Because I deserve it. uh, Because I deserve it, yes, exactly. (laughs) Because they're not wrong. Um, It, it, here's the, I know this is, I I like the Beatles. I'm not bananas for the Beatles. I'm huge into, you know, if I pan the camera, you would see I have a gazillion albums. I I love music. I was in the music business uh, before I was a comedian, uh, working for MCA Records. I'm crazy for music. I've been to thousands of concerts. I'm just not a Beatles guy. I'm not a Beatles guy. But for some reason, you give me the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton with the Beatles, and I love it. <laughs> okay, I'm starting to understand where this hate mail is coming from. Oh, it's coming. There's no question it's coming. In <laughs> uh, the movie, the movie is atrocious. It's absolutely atrocious. Um, but I think it brings me back to my childhood, and I have great memories of going with friends. Uh, there, there was a thing back when I was a kid with that uh, when Soda was in um, – in glass bottles and you'd have the, the, mm-hmm. the metal pop top. Uh, if you brought six of them, you got to see the movie for free. So we would go, we saw, I must've seen Sergeant Pepper that summer 12 times, you know, and I did wow. never paying for it, just bringing these bottle caps. So I kind of have a memory, you know, great memories yeah, of it. Yeah. And, and then my son became obsessed with it for a little while too. Really? Uh, and he 
loved it. And then now if I say, hey, do you want to watch Sergeant Pepper? He's like, no way, man. That thing's awful. <laughs> so he at least has grown past it. I have not. That thing is getting me beaten up at school. No way. <laughs> Exactly. I, uh, I I don't know what the kids are into. I'm, uh, I'm sure I embarrass my son on a regular basis. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Maureen, what's this I hear about you going to film school? I am. I want to gain valuable skills while making films and developing my creativity. So I'm attending the New York Film Academy. I'm thinking about becoming one of them people that writes the numbers on the title board. NIFA is a very respected film school. I hear they offer a variety of options to meet your educational goals, whether you want a BFA or MFA degree or want to learn at a quicker pace with a short-term programme. That's right. They've got workshops and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, cinematography, screenwriting, producing, game design, musical theatre and more. Are you attending in New York? Might do. They have multiple campuses in some amazing locations like New York, LA, Miami, Italy, Australia and online. And you can learn more about the New York Film Academy at nyfa.edu. That's nyfa.edu. Thanks, Maureen. On the other end of the scale, what is a film that you used to love? You loved it a lot, but then you've watched it recently and you've gone, oh, no, I don't like this anymore. For whatever reason that might be. There's two of them. And they they both bum me the hell out that I don't. Uh, One is Lost in America, the Albert Brooks movie. Oh really? Doesn't hold up. What? Yeah, we we watched it o- over lockdown, and I remember quoting the movie. And I'm not a big movie quoting guy. I can't. I, I'm not great with that. And mm-hmm. I would. And, I, and by the way, I I've been misquoting it for thirty years. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, my fam- my uh, my most famous misquote is uh, from Titanic. Uh, I I've, I I went to I would I would have gone to this this very grave I'm in now. I would have. Uh, it said that, that Billy Zane said, a round of drinks here, my good man. He never says it. Not once. Doesn't even come close to saying it. <laughs> never orders a drink. Uh, uh, <laughs> never even orders a drink. Exactly. In fact, <laughs> complains of de- dehydration the whole time. Uh, uh, starts uh, sucking on some of the ice when it falls off the iceberg. That's how much he wants it, needs a drink. So I misquoted Lost. But I loved Lost in America. I, th- I thought it was the greatest movie. That I, I just thought it was amazing. And then we watched it. Cause, and I, it was one of those that my wife and I both were like to my son, Oliver, we got to watch Lost in America. You know, you're finally old enough. Yeah, you can yeah. get it. You're going you're gonna to love it. And I'm sitting there watching it going, there's no way he's liking this. This is, oh, no. it doesn't hold up. And then I'm looking over at my wife and she has a look on her face like, what the hell happened? This doesn't hold up. And uh, and then it was over and Oliver's like, really? That's the movie you guys think? <laughs> and I'm like, no, it just, and, I, and, it, and it kills me because Albert Brooks yeah. is a genius, one of my heroes. But what was the line you... Said that was wrong, but you've been saying for thirty years. Uh, it's something about the nest egg. Nest egg. You can't. You don't even say it. Don't you? You don't even. Don't even. Don't, you can't say nest. You can't say egg. Don't even say it. And I don't think he says any of that. I think I'm just. It's funny. You should use it in something because it sounds good. Uh, well, listen. I will do that, and then I'll uh, I'll asterisk it, and then uh, give sort of pseudo uh, credit to Albert Brooks. Yeah. Some resid- Give him your your penny residuals from um, Dreamgirls. 
More than happy to do it. And I still cash those checks, by the way, because if I don't, I think some accountants are going to panic. Like, why? Would yeah. I can't balance my sheet. That guy won't check, won't cash his three cent check. <laughs> uh, the other one was my bodyguard. Did you ever see my bodyguard? Very, very big. Is that with, with Billy Crystal? No, that's no, my... no. It's um, uh, Chris Makepeace and uh, Adam Baldwin. Nineteen nineteen eighty, I think. Kid is being bullied. Gets a, a big guy to follow him around. Yeah, Ruth Gordon's in it. Uh, Martin mm-hmm. Mull. I, I saw that movie and was like, I love it, and I loved it forever. And I, I think I still love it. But the truth is, it's it's not it's not what I thought it was. So those those are the two that come to mind. I think we talked about this in the writers' room the other day. I think we talked about that film. Is the message of uh, my bodyguard? Punch him in the nose and he'll leave you alone. Is that yes, the what, message? That's that's it. Yeah. And yeah. and what we were discussing in the writers' room is has that ever worked in the history of people being bullied? You tell um, me. I, I don't know. I never had the balls to to, to punch anybody, so I I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know what my fear would always have, have been, and I, and I think about this whenever you see a fight on the on the schoolyard, or if I was in if I was ever had been in one, is you might win that fight, but that guy's not going to go. Well, he beat me. It's over. Mm. It, he's going to. You got to look over your shoulder for the rest of the time you're at school because he's gonna he's gonna retaliate. Yeah, that's in those films. It's always the 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 bully who gets hit goes like ah and sort of cries and runs away, and that's yes. the end of it. And you're like, and that's the I end did of it. it. And you're like, did you? I don't know. That no, seem- I don't think you did. I think that guy's <laughs> gonna come back and, and shiv you. He's gonna shiv you in the yard. She's gonna shiv you right in your yard. Damn right. Look, you just started a war. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Good answers. What is the film that means the most to you, Jimmy Pardo? But not necessarily the film itself is any good, but because the experience you had around seeing the film will always make it special to you. Um, there was a made-for-TV movie in the 70s called Brian's Song. I don't know if you mm-hmm. ever saw that. It was about the football player uh, from the Bears, Gale Sayers. No, tell me. But James Kahn played his, his best friend, Brian Piccolo. And it's a true story. About okay. this football player who died, but their friendship was so magical. And then he gives the speech at the end about how he was a great player. And uh, the reason that I'm not a big football guy, I, in fact, I, I don't uh, uh, for that. I mean, American football. Thank you. I appreciate it. Not a huge, not a huge American football. Guy. I grew up in Chicago where the Chicago Bears were like everything. And I just didn't care. Not that I rebelled, but I think it was my own private you know, you're all into that and I'm not. So mm-hmm. aren't I cool? <laughs> Nobody cared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this movie, the, the reason that it means a lot is because it was the first time I can remember my dad crying. Mm. And, you know, when you see your dad, who, you, you know, who you see, think is this just this strong, not my son, my son sees me cry every day. And so you know, this illusion's <laughs> gone, but my dad never did. He never cried. He was, and, and to me, he was still like this big mountain of a man. And, and and so we're watching this movie and I remember getting choked up and crying and not wanting to cry because I thought I would embarrass myself in front of my dad. Like you can't, fry, you know, you, you can cry in front of your mom, but you can't cry in front of your dad. At least mm. that was the mentality of a Southside Chicago kid growing up. Yeah. And I remember the movie happening, the scene happening, and I'm crying and trying not to. So I'm not embarrassed. And I look over because I hear my dad trying to stifle and he's crying. And it was like, mm. oh, it's OK. It's OK to cry. It's okay to have this emotion. So for that, and, and I don't, I don't know if it's a good movie or not. I can't remember. Uh, mm. You know, I haven't seen it in forty years or whatever. But that was that's. I do. I remember that's the first time I really cried at a movie, and it was the time that I remember thinking, "Oh, my dad's a person." Yeah. Did he see you see him crying? 
Boy, that's a good question. Don't look at me. You don't you dare look at me. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I don't know. And I don't know if we ever talked about it. I don't know if it Mm. was discussed. I'm guessing knowing the, again, the South side, Chicago, Pardo way. I don't think, uh, I don't think it was ever discussed. Fascinating. Is he still, is he still with us? He is, uh, 78 years old and, uh, Still great. He went golfing yesterday. He's doing great. And Can you ask him and then get back to me if he saw you see him crying? Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to say, hey, Dad, remember when we watched Brian's song and, and we when we both uh, cried? He's going to go, uh, I don't. I don't remember seeing the movie, and I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> I never cried. I never cried once. Shut your fucking dirty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad's in the mob. Um, it, uh, yeah, I, I, I will, but, but I promise you, I will ask him. Yeah, I appreciate that. But I guarantee he's not going to remember. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. I appreciate you trying. Here. What is the film that you most relate to? You know what? I already mentioned it's my bodyguard, I think, because I grew up, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the tallest guy now. I'm five foot four and a half. I'm a, I'm a short man. So in grade oh, yeah. school, I was a really short kid. I was a I, I was the guy in my bodyguard. I truly was the kid in my bodyguard. I was Chris Makepeace. I kind of even looked like Chris Makepeace when I was that age. Uh, right. I had the big seventies hair that was way too long and unkept, and I would get bullied a lot because I was short. And it was you know it's, as we as I'm an adult now, I understand bullying. It's the kid who's not being treated well at home and he needs to lash out and mm-hmm. and pick on somebody smaller than him. And I just happen to be smaller than everybody, and so I got picked on a lot. Uh, grade school, high school, all of it. But I would always get out of it by my, my line. My big line was always, um, why do you want to do this? You, you know, you can beat me up. What are you going to prove if you do it? And they always would go, yeah, okay. Like it, it somehow worked. <laughs> That's good. Like, like it always got really close to me getting my ass kicked and it never really happened. Thank, thank God. Cause I don't know what I would have done if I ever got really hit. That's um, the fucking answer. That's the answer we were looking for. That's really brilliant. Oh, well, you're welcome. Look, a a tall guy couldn't have given you that answer. If that's the answer you're looking for, a tall guy couldn't have done it. Um, (laughs) Nice two guys. Idiot. So I think it's it's a combo, though, Brett. My bodyguard, the Chris Makepeace role, and then also the movie Breaking Away. Did you ever see Breaking Away? Yes. The bicycle movie based uh, set in Bloomington, Indiana? Yes, I have seen it. Is that you on a bike? That's me on the bike. It's it's, I, I related... So much to that character, kind of, again, kind of the outside, not the outsider, but kind of the, you know, a nerd before nerd was cool, you know, kind of didn't mm-hmm. fit in, didn't know how to, you know, want, wanted to be in musicals, but I grew up, I'm in Chicago, so you're supposed to be in the sports. So not really, you know, so, you know, I, I got a bike for my eighth grade graduation because of that movie, uh, a, a, you know, a Japanese racing bike, because I thought I was then going to be a Japanese uh, or a you know champion cyclist like this Dave Stoller in the movie. They were just graduating high school and trying to figure out how to be adults. I was graduating eighth grade when that movie came out and trying to relate to what am I going to do? Cause we were moving to a new town. And so I, so those are the two movies I, I very much r- relate to. That's a really good answer. What is the sexiest film you've ever seen? Jimmy Pardo. I, I don't know if it's the sexiest um well then, but i mean but the, that is the, the, that is the question so yeah i understand i understand i i know my assignment <laughs> um here's here's what i'll say this is the first time i remember getting stimulated in a movie theater okay, okay very nicely put and it was the movie dressed to kill with angie dickinson and michael Caine. yes a brian and, de palma film 
And the first scene is, it, well, it turns out not to be Angie Dickinson, but it's a body double in the shower and it's mm-hmm. full nude. It's full, it's full on. And yeah. I remember, and I, and by the way, I was there with my dad and his second wife. And I, re, I remember being again, embarrassed in front of my dad for another reason. Like I'm with my dad. I'm not supposed to be seeing this. And, and get and literally, literally getting, you know, probably got erect. You know, it just really was like, holy, what's happening here? So I'm going to go with that. Please call you, when you call your dad to ask if he saw you see him <laughs> crying. Can you also ask him if you both had Stiffy's address to kill? Uh, I, you know, here's what he, he may remember that one for this reason. My mom and stepdad had I, I, we were staying with my dad for the weekend because they were obviously divorced. If my dad had a second okay. wife. And so we would occasionally, like, I think every other weekend we would then stay with him. So I think we went to see it on a Saturday night and my mom and stepdad went to see it on a, uh, on Friday night. So we went to see it and we came home and the phone is ringing and it's my mom about to tell my dad, Jim, don't take the kids to see Dress to Kill. There's w- weird nudity at the front of the movie. <laughs> so um, my dad's name was Jim. He, she wasn't talking to me. Um, right. So it was, uh, so he may remember it for that reason. That's funny. And yes, yeah, so, but th- that one, and then uh, I have to say, Olivia Newton John in Greece when she shows up at the end in those hot pants and then and the bigger hair and the outfit. Uh, come on, it, you know, it. I was I was the right age for that. Uh, I'm really sorry. I think I missed a part of your story. It, did your mum say don't take him to see the film after you'd already seen the film? Yes. Okay, yeah. great. Or it wasn't that your dad went. Yeah, let's say that <laughs> no, it wasn't. Great. It wasn't. Well, you know what? We're okay. divorced. Screw you. I'm taking him anyway. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. that. We're it gonna was, see it twice. Uh, okay. No, it, and, and I think my dad was. I think he was genuinely embarrassed that because I mean right. it's it's full it's full frontal nudity. It is. Yeah, it's the it's the real deal. Uh, except it's not her. What right. is there's a subcategory to this question? Yes. Troubling boners, worrying why duns. What's a film you found arousing? You weren't sure you should. I listen. My, my erections have respect for movies. They know when Thank not you. to happen. So, I I think I know. I don't think it's ever happened. Honest to God, I think that, I think my, my my boners know their place, yep. and uh, they don't. You know, I'm not watching anything next and, to your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, okay. I I don't I don't know. I, I I by the way, I'm sure it happened last week, but I can't. Uh, you know what? I believe you. There are people that avoid this question that I don't. But I believe you. your your boners have respect and you have respect for your boners. And for that, I, I'm, I, I'm grateful. They know when to show up. They know when it's proper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Out of curiosity, and, and, and I apologize, I haven't asked yours on any of these. No, uh, you, you mustn't. It's not. I'll I apologize. Ask. I don't know how heaven works, but I thank you for, for giving me the rules. <laughs> Uh, can I ask on this one though, just because I literally mm-hmm. don't know if it's ever happened to me. What, what, what movie is it for you that it happened for you? Oh, well, I'll never answer that. This is, this is, I would never do this podcast, but really? I'll give you, I'll give you an, yeah, I would never do this. It's impossible. I don't know why anyone agrees to do it. It's absolutely impossible. What you got fucking say one film for everything. Ridiculous. It's fun. Ridiculous it's a, concept. I a hundred percent disagree with you. It's a, it's a great concept <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'll give you an example of one. Well, you know, there's your simple answers of The Little Mermaid, that sort of thing. People well, who's getting a, who's do Who? I don't know. I'm not saying I did. It sounds like you're saying you did. It sounds like you're saying you did. <laughs> I said I'm not. I've said I'm not saying I did. Again, I'm hearing it as <laughs> this was the one that I, <laughs> I... I'm not saying that The Little Mermaid is fit. 
She's a lovely looking mermaid and good luck to her. All right. Very fair. Fair. Uh, Uh, (laughs) What objectively, objectively is the greatest film of all time? Might not be your favorite, but it's the pinnacle of cinema. You know what? I, 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 I love Rocky. I think Rocky is, is flawless. I love everything mm-hmm. about Rocky. I think it uh, deserves more praise than it gets. I think Stallone's turned into a punchline. So I think it, the movie unfairly is maligned uh, in retrospect. Uh, but I think it's that. But I will say this. And um, I had never seen this movie ever and to, uh, that I'm about to speak of until I, I was married to my wife. And her favorite movie is Singing in the Rain. And I had never seen it, and she brought me to see it, and I walked out going, how have I never seen this movie? I, I love musicals, and I love dance scenes, uh, so I, I may want to say Singing in the Rain. I may want to say that. Jimmy Pardo, you have just completed the podcast. That is entirely the correct answer. Is that true? You just oh, said the fucking secret, the correct answer. Really? The greatest film of all time. Yeah, it's Singing in the Rain. Well, I, I, I will tell you, if, if you and I talked about this 10 years ago, I would have said Rocky and uh, or The Godfather. I mean, the God, everybody says The Godfather. It's, it's easy to say. Uh, Schindler's Singing List, I think, is up there. But Singing sure. in the Rain ticks all the boxes. It does everything. Yeah. It does everything. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. Is that, now, is that your favorite? I'm not, I'm not allowed to ask questions. I, I think it's one of the, I, you are, I have, I, I, will, I will say that I think Singing in the Rain is one of the greatest films of all time. Great. And it holds up in every way. And it's fucking funny. It's, it's amazing for an outfit how funny it is. And it's joyful. And it's got a good story. And it's fucking amazingly made. And it's, yes. it's, it's, it's flawless. It's brilliant. And, and you see Gene Kelly. I mean, the, the two of Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly dancing. And, yeah. and, you know, and Debbie. I mean, I could watch that Moses Supposes on, on a loop. Yeah, I could watch that for 48 hours straight. It's fucking funny. I know. It's funny as well. Oh, my God. I, I uh, you know, Love it. Good man. Good man. 20,000 points. Well done. Thank you very much. I didn't know points were on the line, but I'll take them. Well, they, they, they weren't until you got started getting the questions right. Oh, I've never been more excited. What is, the, what is the film you could or have watched the most over and over again? Uh, when I was a young boy, yeah. it was Airplane. I think I saw the movie Airplane 8 million times. Um, nice. And I still I watched it with my son the, uh, recently and not every joke holds up, of course, but it's still mm-hmm. great. Uh, but the one that I watch minimum, and, and by the way, I guarantee nobody's ever said this. And if they did, I'll be amazed. Woodstock, the movie, the documentary. Really? Solid answer. It is, I watch it. In fact, this is weird. This is another one that goes back to, to my mom in a way. We, they used to run it on New Year's Eve in Chicago on TV every year. I don't know why, but they would. And late at night, like after, like starting at midnight. So you'd celebrate, We, you know, as a kid, we'd celebrate that. And then you're wired from celebrating New Year's Eve. And then here comes this three-hour documentary. And so I would stay up with my mom and we would watch Woodstock, the documentary. Hmm. And I think, so I still watch it probably once a year. I watch that documentary. Right. And I don't think I would have enjoyed Woodstock. I don't think I would have liked going. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a guy that doesn't like mud. I don't like filth. Yeah, yeah. I don't like... I, I I don't get high. I don't live that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but I, I there's something about the movie and the idea and and maybe the t- 1969 that time that I think I just kind of like the concept of it. So I watched mm-hmm. that that I like if I walk out right now, my wife and son would ever say, "Hey, you know what? We never watched Woodstock. Do you want to watch it? Yes, let's do it." Like I'm in. <laughs> yeah, 
Really good. Never has never come up on this show. No. Uh, what is? We don't like to be negative, Jimmy Pardo. I don't know okay. about you. I don't love being negative, but while we're here, we'll do it quickly. Okay. What's the worst? What's the worst film you've ever seen, Jimmy Pardo? Uh, well, I don't know if this one's the worst, but I'll. I, the only movie I ever walked out of was Vegas Vacation. I walked out of Vegas Vacation. Really? Uh, which bummed the hell out of me because yeah. I loved the previous you know, the three Christmas European mm-hmm. and the original vacation. But I think the worst movie I ever seen, I was, uh, in fact, Jimmy Carr kind of made, made reference to this when he was on with you about how, when you're on the road as a comic and you have to kill time during the day. So you, mm-hmm. you know, you'll see whatever movie's playing. Um, I was in Lake Tahoe where they have a total of one movie, at least at the time they had a total of one movie theater right. and they were playing uh, pirates, of the Caribbean Two, dead men's chest. Yeah. And, the only reason I didn't walk out was I had nothing else to do. Like it was the, oh, I mean, it was like, if I leave here, I'm going to go and be bored in my yeah. hotel room. So I'll, I'll, I'll wait this out. I hated every second of it. So mm. I think that's my answer. Did you like the first one? I did like the first one. So I kind of was excited for the, the second first one. first one's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. First one's fucking great. Yeah. It gets very complicated. And he becomes a clown, I think. I think Johnny Depp, it, it's, I, I, I always joke around with my son that, uh, son, you'll never believe this, but Johnny Depp was once one of the greatest actors in Hollywood. Like he, yeah, you know, he Donnie is. Brasco, are you kidding me? He's flawless yeah. in that movie. That's and uh, yeah, it, it, so that bummed me out. So and then I, I'm sure I went up on stage and talked about it for way too long to nobody's enjoyment. <laughs> Did you talk about, when you, when you were in that hotel room watching, uh, in country and then yes. crying yourself to death and then you went on stage did you talk about that when you went on stage i would imagine yeah yeah, yeah. uh i don't know but brad you've never seen me do stand-up i don't have much of an act so i will <laughs> just kind of talk about whatever's going on and hope to god i find the funny and that they also agree that it's funny that's uh that's what happens yeah, that's, that's like stand-up uh yeah. what is the film you're in comedy you're very funny what's the film that made you laugh the most Jimmy Pardo. The one that comes to mind, I, w- I will say last. Obviously, Airplane. I laughed the hardest at Airplane for years. Uh, uh, this is Spinal Tap. You know, mm-hmm. those, those are probably the two real answers that, that yeah. I've laughed the hardest at over time. But when I went to see, and this is embarrassing, I went to see the Corey Haim, Corey Feldman movie, Licensed to Drive. I've fucking seen that. Yeah. And it's not a good movie, but... There is a scene where there's a drunk guy driving, singing along to some Frank Sinatra song, and he's just swerving and he's hitting things and 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 is oblivious to it because he's drunk and he's just singing and he's going crazy for the, with the Sinatra. And I remember thinking it was the funniest thing. I, like I couldn't stop laughing at this scene, and I literally, Brett, this is no joke. I yelled at, at one point. It, it, he's about to hit something on the screen, and I go, "Oh no!" Like I yelled out in the middle of the movie theater. <laughs> Enjoy, like with 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 uh, just thrilled that it was happening. So, <laughs> is that the hardest? That might be the hardest I laughed in a movie, but I don't, I can't say License to Drive is the funniest. You know what I mean? I love that. That's the that is the answer I want. Though. I want that, and I I respect you for it. Great, you've been wonderful. You ain't put a foot wrong. You actually scored eight billion two thousand and three, which is oh, pretty good. Thank you. Uh, However, when you were framed for stealing a work of art, I believe yes. it was 
Starry Starry Night by Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. Uh, because it was the only painting, what, the, what got you in trouble in court is it was the only painting you could name and that was the painting that had been stolen. Just shit luck. Yeah, but it was stolen and you were like, no, I only know that because of the song and you started singing the song and they said, you, is that you singing? And you went, I told you I haven't got a good voice. Exactly. And I, and I was in the jury and I went, believe in yourself. Anyway. <laughs> You got fr- framed for it. It was actually a local businessman, as as you kept telling people in this prison. Six years in that prison, you had a lovely time, surprisingly. You got on with everyone. People were a bit like, you're obsessed with banging on about this local businessman. Anyway, word got out to the local businessman. He was the only businessman in town who was local. And he's like, i got to take this guy down. And so he had someone else framed, got them in prison. They made a shiv. He said, next time he's in the garden, stick that shiv up his yard. <laughs> yeah. And the, and you got shivved right in the yard. Yeah. I was doing a prison visit with a coffin, you know what I'm like. And I'm like, where's Jimmy Pardo? I'd love to catch up with him. I haven't seen him in six years since he got put away. And I'm walking around the garden just admiring the, the flowers and the topiary that's been done by the, uh, the inmates. And there you are, dead in a bush with a shiv sticking out of your yard. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, man, this poor guy. So I have to get hold of you, but you've been eaten by rodents as well. So <laughs> your, your body is... Fast? Yeah. The, the, it's not the, the most hygienic prison. Your body's a mess. I'm like, do what I can. I chop you up, stuff you in, I put you in the coffin. And I'm like, oh, there's like a bump in this coffin. What is it? And I lift up your body. And there at the bottom of the coffin is the DVD for breaking away. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's what that's what he'd want... That's what he would have wanted. So I just stuff you in the coffin, put the lid on, I send you off to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. And when it's your movie night, you're showing everyone breaking away. Damn right. You're damn right. (laughs) Jimmy Pardo, what a delight you are. Thank you. What would you tell people? What would you like people to look out for, to watch, to listen to? Well, you know, we talked about it. uh, My podcast, Never Not Funny, is... uh, nothing but joy it's it's uh well i mean unless unless i'm being uh, cranky that day uh but it's uh <laughs> that's fun i also have a web series called jimmy's records and tapes uh okay. which is on youtube at uh youtube.com slash never not funny there's links on never not funny.com or jimmyparto.com to all these things and that is me talking about music and just uh kind of just riffing off the top of my head about my top five favorite songs of a certain genre yacht rock or songs that are so bad you love them so that I do that for fun because of my love of music. Uh, but the podcast is really what, uh, where to find me if you enjoy my nonsense. That's very good. Jimmy Pardo, good luck to you. Thank you for your time Thank and your you. patience. Uh, you have been brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, have a lovely death. I will see you soon. Good day. Bye-bye. So that was episode 177. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 20 minutes of chat, secrets and video with Jimmy. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a lovely thing to do, lovely thing to read. We're all lovely people. Thank you so much to Jimmy for doing the show so late at night. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACARS for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week for another incredible guest. But in the meantime... Have a lovely week, and please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other.
something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.